Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome everyone to a live Dharma Sunday for January 20th, 2019. Koyo Kubosa here. So very glad you joined us. Every January, I'm reminded of the name January for the first month. And as if memory serves, I think it's either a Roman or a Greek god. Janus, um, who's depicted as uh, a bust of his head, a head that's looking in opposite directions, two faces on one head, so that Janus represents uh, looking, being able to look at all aspects of a situation. Um, there's a kind of a wisdom there. You want to look all around. Now, I suppose you could examine this at different levels. Even when you're traveling, you always look around who's on your back trail. And, of course, this means you're looking at the sides, too. Um, so there's some common sense, okay, aspects to this and of course there's a time to be concentrated and so forth the word Janus uh, was the name of a mutual uh, stock fund I remember there's a, a theater complex named Janus and the theater complex it's literally you know projection is booths in the center and projecting the screens in different directions. That's what Janus means. In the mutual fund, if you're going to go into a certain new area of investment, you better check out all aspects so that you're fully informed and can make the right decision. So we're reminded in the month of January that we should, you know, the beginning of the new year, the beginning of new, perhaps new projects. Okay. The new year should be a new year 
for each individual's lives too. And anything that's going to be new, before we start out on anything new, check out all aspects of it in order to make a, the best decision possible. So I think this holds on all kinds of levels. Uh, and this kind of a mental flexibility, I think, is a key aspect of wisdom. Well, today's guest to give us a Dharma glimpse is Christopher Kakuyo. He lives in Utah, and he was part of our LM9 group. And he's doing a good job leading a group in Utah. I've titled what I want to talk about today as this. This is meaningless and has no purpose. Thank God. And let me start with uh, a quote from Guillaume Kobose Sensei and a story that he related. Quote, A reporter from a local newspaper came to our house to interview my wife about the Japanese tea ceremony. This reporter continually asked, what is the meaning? What for? Why do you do that? What is the purpose for that? This kind of question was directed at everything in the making of tea, at every gesture, every implement. Without thinking or deliberating about it, my wife finally replied, no meaning, meaningless meaning. It is purposeless purpose. End quote. Purposeless purpose? Meaningless meaning? What in the hell does that mean? In my reading, I've been finding this syntactical structure a lot lately. Effortless effort, purposeful purposelessness, etc. So I've been thinking about it for a while, and even though it seems a little abstract, it, it, it kind of makes sense. So I wanted to dig a little deeper. So I love the story about the reporter and Sensei Guillaume's wife. I can see both of them talking past each other, trying hard to understand one another, but just incapable. Though both of them speaking in English, the teacher of tea and the reporter were talking different languages. The reporter seems to be trying to understand the art of tea from the perspective of the utilitarian purpose of each act. And this would be similar to a reporter asking a dancer what the purpose of all the gyrations across the stage is when you could simply walk across it. As if the purpose of dancing was simply locomotion. As if the purpose of the tea ceremony was to simply make a cup of tea, which it is, and which it isn't. From a utilitarian perspective, everything must have a purpose, value, or meaning, and that is, meaning is only found in utility. As Americans, this is we have a long history in our ways of viewing the world from a utilitarian perspective. And for a lot of us, it's just our natural default mode, our cultural inheritance, an inheritance that has consequences. This is from Brooke Ziprin. Quote, The privileging of the idea of purpose creates a mode of relating to the world in which literally by definition, no possible experience can be intrinsically worthwhile. Once we accept the idea that accord with a pre-existing purpose is what makes something count as good, or for what makes something exist, we have condemned ourselves to eternal dissatisfaction. End quote. So what are we to do? Here we're 
looking to move beyond just meaning and purpose because meaning and purpose are dualistic, are based on comparison and difference. When we get past the conceptual binds of purpose and meaning, we can start to find the ground of our being. It is through the embrace of meaninglessness, tapping into the spontaneous outflow of living, that we are free to experience being alive. And in a real way, meaning and being paradoxically within the meaningless. Okay, now I'm kind of confusing myself a little, so uh, let's get a little deeper. D.T. Suzuki wrote that religion is a way of experiencing an expansive beingness. He goes on to say, quote, It may sound strange to hear that one can live in purposelessness. Everything we do in life has a purpose. But in the religious realm, we become conscious of realizing purposelessness, meaningless meaning, and meaning itself. End quote. It can be said, that is what meditation from a Zen perspective is. There is no goal in silent meditation. If you have a goal, you're not just sitting. Meditation is teaching us ultimately purposeful purposelessness. That is why it can be so hard to just sit. We privilege the idea of purpose above all others. By just being, we invite ourselves to get past conceptual meaning to experience non-conceptual beingness. It is a way for us to open ourselves up to true being, living in naturalness. I like what Guillaume Sensei writes when he writes, quote, The flower itself cannot help but bloom as it does. There is no intention. When you love, you love. There is no purpose. Why do we constantly ask for meaning? End quote. And I think that's a really good question. Why are we constantly asking for meaning? First, we privilege the idea of purpose and meaning above other modes of relating to the world. The other is that it is the nature of the small ego, the achieving mind, as one teacher put it. Quote, then the achieving mind always trying to achieve something or other, and whenever something is achieved or gained, the mind asks, now what? What is to be achieved now? End quote. How many of you experienced this? Now, he goes on to say that the achieving mind can, be, can never be blissful. It can never be at peace because it's always tense and unsatisfied. Is this spontaneous activity the ground for pure being? This may not be as foreign as it sounds. Um, I love this quote from Alan Watts. Quote, Haven't you gone on a walk with no particular purpose in mind? You carry a stick with you and you occasionally hit an old stump and wander along and sometimes twiddle your thumbs. It is at this moment that you become a perfectly rational human being. You have learned purposelessness. End quote. D.T. Suzuki shares this same idea in regards to Amida Buddha as an example of what meaningless meaning means. There is no goal per se. All things are in their true nature just as they are. Quote, when it comes to Amida Buddha, there was no purposeful intention on the part of Amida when he made his vows to bring all beings to awakening. 
Everything expressed in them was the spontaneous outflow of great, boundless compassion, of a great, compassionate heart, embracing everything boundlessly. Again, in the words of Guillaume Kabose sensei quote, Water flows effortlessly. It cannot help but flow. That is the way it is. Effortless effort, purposeless purpose, that is the real way of life. Although nothing can be accomplished without effort, the Buddha way is effortless effort. End quote. This reminds me of the Chinese Wei Wu Wei, or action without action, effortless doing. I've heard that the Enso of Zen, the circle, is the representation of Wu Wei. Now, our brains can begin to hurt with so many paradoxes, but the idea is to get out of our heads. Again, this isn't as foreign as it might sound. How many of you love music? What's the purpose of music? I would challenge you that music is the best example of what we're talking about when we say purposeless purpose. All music is purposeless and also dance. When you dance, do you aim to arrive at a place on the floor? Is that the idea of dancing? No, the aim of dancing is to dance. Now, it can be said something similar to music. I don't know how many of you are familiar with John Cage, but he's a world-famous postmodern composer. Um, and here's what he says about the composition or the composing of music. Quote, What is the purpose of writing music? One is, of course, not dealing with purposes, but dealing with sounds. Or the answer must take the form of a paradox, a purposeful purposelessness, or a purposeless play. This play, however, is an affirmation of life, not an attempt to bring order out of chaos, nor to suggest improvements in creation, but simply a way of waking up to the very life we're living which is so excellent once one gets one's mind and one's desire out of its way and lets it act of its own accord. End quote. Now, I really love the line from the quote where he says, waking up to the very life we're living, which is so excellent once one gets one's mind and one's desires out of its way and lets it act of its own accord. Uh, I think that is, in some ways, the crux of what our Buddhist practice is. So, meaningless meaning makes intuitive sense to me, and I think it's a way to free meaning from the conceptual and to open up the way to the experiential. The experienced is value over the conceived. It has a value, but the value is not in the end result or in the meaning I impose upon it, but the value is intrinsic. So I'd like to end um, with the words of my mentor, Guillaume Kabose-sensei. And this is the quote. Quote, true life is purposeless, and to realize this truth is Buddhism. In one sense, that is purpose. In another sense, it is purposeless. Life is always like that, inclusive. If we analyze it, it becomes two but the reality is always one. Why not enjoy the naturalness of life? The doing itself is the end fulfillment in this state. Everything is at ease. This is the state of meaningless meaning. It has no meaning. 
And yet, in another sense, it has tremendous meaning. It's life itself. When one just is, one forgets all other things. One forgets the self. It is said, to learn Buddhism is to know oneself. To know oneself is to forget oneself. One just is. This state is perfect naturalness, a state of meaningless meaning and purposeless purpose. That is what the Buddha taught. End quote. May we all embrace the meaningless meaning, the purposeless purpose, the effortless effort, and the logic of the illogical. Namo Amidabutsu. May it be so. Yeah, indeed, indeed. You know, uh, I was thinking about forcing our experience into a Christian bed uh, of our theories and I remember this word procrustion. In fact, I read it in a, psycho- a psychology journal when I was a student. You know, so it was not a, a vocabulary test or an, or an English literary production. Well, it was a scientific journal. So I followed up and, and examined, investigated this word procrustion. Now, you might think... <laughs> Uh, it sounds like someone who likes the edges of bread, but no, it has nothing to do with what it sounds like. Uh, Procrustus was a highwayman criminal, and when he burglarized the house, if someone was in there, he would tie their arms and legs to the four posts of bed, of the bed. And if the bed was too big or the person was too small and it was hard to tie them to the post, he would cut off their limb so that it would reach and he would tie the limb to the post. So the meaning uh, became, semantic meaning became to try to force something when it just didn't naturally fit. Okay. And so sometimes people, they're, they're very um, enamored, attached to their own theories of things, of course. And so if the data does not fit, the empirical data does not fit, they'll go through all kinds of rationalizations to make it fit. Um, so flexibility of thought is a key aspect of wisdom. And if we are slaves to rational logic, it's not always appropriate there's nothing wrong with that kind of logic but there's also what we might call existential logic the logic that comes from living um, and that's where all these examples come from okay. um, or as one some humorous person put it um, my uh, my karma ran over your dogma. My karma, it means experiencing things, doing, moving, acting in life. Okay. Dogma, of course, is 
abstract conceptual things. If you want to get someone to do a job, you know, very uh, build something or whatever, or even, you know, take charge of something, you would always take experience over someone who studied all this area but never really did it, knows a lot about it, but someone who has had a lot of experience doing it. Uh, nothing beats experience. Uh, so sometimes if you think too much about the dancer or the dance, you miss out on the dancing. If you concentrate only on the singer or only on the song, you might miss out on the singing. <laughs> so I like that ing. It's, uh, it sounds like a Chinese word too. Inging, you know, eating, looking, hearing. You know, it's very uh, into the experience of doing. It's a movement. It's a process, not the nouns. Uh, not that the nouns are not important. Don't over misinterpret everything. Sure, you could look at how you could be a better dancer. Sure, the dance itself could be changed and improved. Okay? But when you're do when it's happening, you're not thinking about those things. Okay? We're talking about the doing, the actual doing. Okay. Uh, before and after. Yeah, you might think, chop it up, analyze it, and so forth and so forth. Okay? But the doing is just the doing. Okay? Uh, if we get caught up in, oh, what's the meaning? What's the purpose? Well, hey, just live. Okay? Live life. Huh? It's kind of like a corn, really. Sufficiency, not efficiency. Uh, that's a kind of a little difficult one to unpack exactly because of the way it's phrased, but in the name of efficiency, okay, <laughs> it directs everything, but then you forget the human factor. There's all kind of ways to do things, and you end up there without sacrificing, getting impatient with people that don't do it in a certain kind of way. Cross-cultural differences, even in science. When a science goes, scientist goes to another country and works in another lab, sometimes they do things a little differently. And you might say, hey, that's not efficient. Why don't you just do it this way? It'd be more efficient. But maybe it violates some uh, social mores in a way. What's there works for them. Okay. Uh, and as the example given, some people, they just can, can't conceive of just walking. They always have to be walking somewhere. Okay? Sometimes common sense is not too common. What one can mean is that the means equals the end. Not, or, or the, the end justifies the means or the means to an end. You know? um, 
So all the same point. We talk sometimes it's talked about the gateless gate. Well, where's the gate? Where's the gate? Well, you're seeing you. <laughs> you gotta see the gateless gate. Oh, I mean, there's no gate, no gate. No, no, there is a gate. <laughs> okay. That is uh, what we might call oneness. Thank you very much. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a wonderful day.